Hello, hello, and welcome to the Fiscal Fitness Podcast. This is your host, Coach Jill Emanuel with Fiscal Fitness Phoenix. I am so excited for today's podcast, you guys. It is officially 2020. I can't believe it. I cannot believe that we are in a new year. 2019 flew for me. I don't know how you guys feel about it, but wow, it was an amazing year and it's so exciting to be entering a new year. I love the beginning of a new year, the clean slate that it brings, the possibilities ahead, the chance to reflect on the year behind. And that is exactly what I'm going to do in this podcast is give you some ways to prepare and be intentional for the year ahead. Before I dive into everything, I have a quick announcement to make. I wanted to give you guys a little bit of insights on what is happening in the fiscal fitness world. We have some really excited things planned for 2020 that I can't wait for you guys to get to dive into with us. So as some of you may already know, some of you may not, we do all sorts of really cool activities tons of different mini courses that we are beginning to roll out. That was something new that we began in 2019 and we are bringing even more of them to you in 2020. For those of you that have already worked with us or researched fiscal fitness and tried to find information about what it is that we do with our financial coaching, you may know already that the way that we work most intimately, most in um, intensely with clients is through our one-on-one coaching program. So we are working individually with a couple, a business owner, um, an individual to help them get really focused financially, to set very clear, um, goals, to get a very clear strategy with their finances outlined to really help them move through that process, to sleep better at night, to feel less stressed, to feel more confident, to feel more organized, all of those really cool things. I love it. It is my passion to help people with this because I have seen my life be completely transformed through the process myself. Um, but for some of you, maybe working with us one-on-one is not the right thing. It's not the right time, or you're looking for very specific sorts of information. And that is exactly what we are offering by doing our mini courses. So it's a great way for you to get a feel for our coaching, to get to know us and to also really get to have a concentrated effort towards specific areas of your financial life. We are kicking off the year with our new year's money challenge. We do this every January. This is a great way for you to get super focused, make massive progress. It's a 21 day challenge that will be kicking off on January 15th. And we saw people in our group last time save over $35,000 that would be over the course of the year just in that 21 day challenge. And that is so exciting. You guys to see people making massive progress, massive change. They're finding ways to earn more money, save more money, be more intentional with their life. That's exactly what this 21 day challenge does. So if you are interested in kicking off the year in a really strong way, not abandoning your financial goals by January 31st, because sadly 50% of people do, we want to help you really enter 2020 very strong with a really clear plan, get some great momentum right from the beginning. 
And that is how you can do it by joining our 21 day challenge. You can find that information on the website. It will be launching tomorrow. Um, and if you're listening to this later, it probably is already launched and live and there is also always all of the announcements, all of the buildup, all of the intrigue that's happening inside of our fiscal fitness Facebook group. That's really where all the action is happening. So if you're not in our fiscal fitness Facebook group, you have to get over there, make sure that you join, get in the group, see all of the awesome action that's about to happen with this 21 day challenge and find out more about the mini courses as they are coming throughout 2020. A little sneak peek of what other courses are coming. We are going to be doing a course on first time home buyers. So anyone that's getting ready to buy a house, thinking about home ownership, wants to know what are the things to do to be prepared, to be smart about it? What are the pitfalls to avoid? How can you set yourself up financially? We're going to be launching that this spring. We're also going to be doing a course the beginning of the summer talking all about kids and money. So if you are a parent, this is the course for you. How do you introduce money to your children? What are some of the age appropriate things that you can teach them about? How do you, you know, introduce allowance and put that structure in place to really help them become responsible money managers themselves and more. So that will be coming the beginning of this summer. In July, we are going to be doing our summer sizzle or beat the heat, another 21 day challenge. So we do this every six months. It's another way for you to get super refocused. Even if you fall off the wagon for a few months, we've got something coming for you in the summer to get you right back on track. So know that that is on its way. And then we are going to have our final mini course in the fall. We're going to bring back our roadmap to financial independence. This was a course that we did this last fall that has been the most highly requested course to be brought back almost immediately after we had finished it. We had people telling their friends about it and that had seen some of the posts and progress that others were having and asked immediately, can you please launch this again? Unfortunately, we have all sorts of other things planned. So it's on the back burner for just a little bit. We're bringing it back in the fall. So just know that it is coming back again. If you missed out on the roadmap to financial independence the first time around, we're going to be bringing it back in 2020. Okay, now let's dive in. Let's get to the juicy stuff. I'm done with my announcements. So talking about 2020 entering the new year. My husband and I have been having a lot of conversations over the last week of 2019, the first day here of 2020, just reflecting on the year that we've just experienced, the year that we lived through, talking about what went well, what made it, you know, what it was. And we both feel very strongly that 2019 was our best year yet. And that is a really exciting thing. And it's also a bit of an intimidating thing to think about a year being so extraordinary and entering a new year with so much hope and promise and excitement for what's to come, but kind of that pressure that like 2019 was so good. How do we make sure that 2020 is also so good? How do we make it the next new best year ever? And so we've been trying to be very intentional with our thoughts, with our planning, with being, you know, super aware of the things that made 2019 so great so that we can try to duplicate some of that again 
in the coming year. And so I wanted to share some of our thought process around that, some of the things that we personally are doing and give you some guidelines so that you can also look at your life and try to be intentional in making the year ahead really amazing. One of those years that you will look back at and say, thank God this year happened. It was the best year ever. We know that we're growing. We know we're moving ahead. I mean, what an amazing feeling, right? And that's really where my husband and I have ended 2019. And it is amazing, you guys. And for a little bit of perspective, I do want to share some of you have already listened to my story. I believe the first episode where I shared my story was uh, episode 30, maybe 30 or 32, somewhere right in there, um, where I was introduced to the fiscal fitness community and shared my own journey financially with my husband. But 2014, so five short years ago, was the worst year ever. And you can find those specific details if you go back and listen to that older podcast, but it was by far the most challenging and the most defeating where we thought our lives as we knew it was essentially over. We didn't see a way out. We didn't see the light at the end of the tunnel. It was so hard. And to think that five years later, we can hands down say that 2019 was our best year ever it just is proof to me that where we are now is not where we will always be and that your life can be dramatically different, completely different in a very short period of time because really five years is not all that long and our lives started to change much sooner than that. But obviously if we now can look back over this entire five year period, we can see so much has changed. So much growth has happened. So much is different about our lives and in very positive ways. And we never would have imagined five years ago that this is where we would be today. So I'm sharing that with you because if you are coming out of a year that was your most challenging year ever, that you're at a place where you're not really seeing the light or you're, you know, questioning what lies ahead or if the current circumstance is just the way it's always going to be. I want to reassure you that you can change it all. It can be completely different and probably very quickly, like much more quickly than five years, but in five years, your world may look entirely different than anything you ever imagined. But in even a short period of time, a matter of months, your life can begin to feel and look so different. And I say this cause I've lived it. So looking back on 2019, Matt and I had a conversation around what, what really made 2019 so amazing because we both came out of it feeling really, you know, satisfied, full of gratitude, fully blessed, much more fulfilled, much more in alignment. And, you know, when you feel that way, I think it is really good to take a moment and say, what was it that made this year feel that way? So even on the opposite extreme, if you're feeling like it was a really tough year, be very clear on looking at what contributed to that feeling. Why is it that it felt so frustrating? Why is it that you felt so unfulfilled? What things have been stagnant or what things have you been unhappy doing? So both sides of that spectrum, wherever you may lie, really take this moment to look back on the year 
and find what contributed to that overall feeling, right? And for some of you, it might be very obvious and very clear. And for others of you, you may not know exactly what it was and it's going to take some time to really contemplate that and think about it. So for us, when we started having this conversation, a few things popped up immediately. And the biggest being that we are both living our passions. We are both in careers that we love, that we are very excited about. And this is the first time in our entire marriage, in our entire relationship, you know, 14 years that we have ever felt this way, that we have both been doing something day to day that we're super excited about. And that's huge. I mean, that is really big, crazy to think about that for the prior 13 years, we were both not on the same page there. We were both not doing something that we were fulfilled in doing. And so I wanted to share that because I know that a lot of people are doing things that they're feeling really stuck with. They're feeling very frustrated. They're unfulfilled. They're unhappy. Uh, and you feel like maybe there's no way out that there's no possibility of making a change. And I'm sharing this because I see it quite often with clients. I know that I've experienced it myself is that when your finances are not in order, right? When you're feeling like it's a bit chaotic, you're scrambling a little bit financially, you're living paycheck to paycheck. You might have debt that you're trying to find your way out of that life keeps happening to you. And so financially you keep having one setback after another, you feel very chained to the job that you currently have. You feel like there are no opportunities that you can't look for another job because you can't risk even going a couple of weeks maybe without having that regular paycheck that's coming in. And that is an awful, horrible, horrible way to feel. And I know that there was a time that I felt that very strongly as well. I was, you know, working, making six figures, very good career, main income holder for my family. And I didn't see that there was ever going to be a way for me to get out of that because we needed that money. We were in such a horrible financial place that we had no other options. I couldn't make a career change. I mean, that was insane to me to think about changing careers. I had to stay doing what I was doing because I needed the money that came with that. And there was just simply no other option. The same is true for my husband where his background was in it. He did that for 15 plus years hated every single moment of it, totally did not go into the correct career field for his personality type and his passions. But once he was in, he didn't see how he could make a transition to doing something different. Ultimately, the, you know, the decision was made for him when he lost his job the end of 2013. And he began to explore the world of entrepreneurship, did that for five years, trying different different businesses, loved some of it, learned a lot from some of it, and also learned that entrepreneurship is probably not his thing, not the thing that he loves to do. He's much better with structure and with consistency and reliability that it's his personality type. We are complete opposites, which is why we're such good partners. And he ultimately this year made the decision to go back to school 
get his teaching certificate and in a matter of six months made a complete career change, a huge pivot. He just finished his first semester as a teacher. He's teaching financial literacy to high schoolers. I could not be more proud. How crazy that we're both uh, in the financial world now. But we reflect back and it's like, wow, at the beginning of 2019, he didn't even know that that was something he was going to do. And now our lives are entirely different. He's doing something that he feels fulfilled in every single day that he's challenged by, that he feels like he's making an impact. And, you know, with my transition from the medical field into financial coaching full time a couple of years ago, now we are both doing something that we feel excited about. And it has been so amazing. And I know that this might not be the possibility for every single person, certainly not overnight, right? But getting yourself focused and knowing what things you might enjoy doing, knowing what the steps are to get there, taking those steps to be financially prepared and in line and feeling like you could take a bit more risk. Those are all those little baby steps that led up to us personally being able to make those changes, which we would not have been able to do if we hadn't really gotten dialed in financially in the beginning, which is why I tell everyone money relates to every aspect of your life. So it is so important to know what you're doing with it, to have a plan, to feel clear about it, to feel intentional with it. Because if your money is chaotic, it's touching everything else, I promise. So that is one of the things that we looked back on and we said this was, without a doubt, the one of the things that made 2019 so spectacular for us, so exciting for us. And you know, I think you likely have those big moments that you can look back on and say, this is what was different this year. And this is why this year felt the way that it did. We also, you know, did some tough things in 2019. We moved forward with making some decisions despite a lot of uncertainty around them, despite feeling very nervous or fearful about it because we didn't have clear answers but we pushed into that fear knowing that we had to try something different and that also made so much difference and so i think that is a good lesson it was great for us to reflect back on that that this year was full of uncertainty and that we move forward despite that instead of feeling stuck and the results of moving forward into that fear was that everything changed, that we feel so proud for what we overcame, that we learned new things, that we challenged ourselves to grow in new ways. And I love that my husband, for one, is really starting to see this because I have felt it for a number of years that when I feel that fear rising up, I know that it's probably something I should do because it's forcing me to grow. And growth is always the thing that I look back on and I say, I am so proud of myself. I feel so much better. I feel so accomplished. I love knowing that I'm not stagnant or stuck. And I would feel that way if I did not ever do things that caused me fear or to feel that fear. And now we both are really doing that. And I think that was another huge thing from 2019 is that we both were taking on new challenges and 
stepping out in faith and knowing that we were going to accomplish what we wanted to, that we were going to push ourselves out of our comfort zone and do things that felt a bit uncomfortable for the sake of growth, for the sake of learning something new, for the sake of seeing what was on the other side of it, uh, with confidence that, you know, even if it didn't work out, it was okay. Cause we were going to learn something in the process. And I definitely look forward to 2020 and I've been thinking about what things can we do that will force us to grow. That's going to make us feel a bit uncomfortable. That will make us really proud at the end of the year. And that is part of the thought process of being intentional in the coming year. So those are a few insights about what we've done to reflect back on the past year. And then the next stage of that, after you've really reflected on the past year, you've identified what things made the year, what it was, whether it was really great, whether it was mediocre, whether it was like one of the most challenging years ever. And you've identified what things contributed to that and kind of thought through how can I either replicate that or how can I change that story? How can I do the opposite of that? Or what can I do to make that story different in 2020? I want you to think about looking at your life, thinking through some different areas. And so I'm going to share those with you because I think sometimes when our brains are not trained to think this way, we don't really know where to begin. It can be very challenging to have this thought process. And so I'm going to help you think through six different areas of life that I think are really important to evaluate and to ponder and try to have some intentionality with as you move into the new year. There might be more areas than this, but these are just the six that I personally came up with um, for us that I thought were very meaningful and touched the biggest aspects of our lives. Um, so the first thing that we talked about and that I personally reflected on was my health. Health and fitness has been a really big thing for me the last couple of years, especially, you know, I'm not in my twenties anymore. Health and fitness is actually more important to me because it's not so natural. And because I did have a major injury a couple of years ago that I've been rehabbing from, and I know how important it is to keep my body very strong to support the horrible bad back that I have been gifted with. <laughs> and so health and fitness is definitely at the top of the list. One of the things that I did in 2019 that really helped me to stay very, very focused was that I started visually tracking when I got my workouts in on a chalkboard in our kitchen. So I, at the beginning of every month, will write the month's name on it. I divide out the month so it looks like a calendar. It's all on a chalkboard. So I'm drawing this out to make it look like a calendar. Monday or yeah, I think, Saturday, Sunday through Saturday or whatever layout I have on it. And there's essentially just empty boxes there. Every time that I go to the gym, I get to put my initial inside of the box. And as the month goes on, it's very visual for me to see how often I've been at the gym. How often have I been working out? When have I been active? If I notice that three days have gone by, it is in my face. It is very visual. Like I said, it's hanging up right in my kitchen. So I am in front of it all the time. I'm constantly walking by it. It's very aware for me to be looking at it. And that has helped me tremendously. I know that when I did not have my workouts in a visual way, in a place that I would constantly see it, 
we can very easily in our mind kind of forget how many days have gone by because let's face it, we are all really, really busy. We have a lot of things going on and we can lose track of time because we're caught up in all of the day-to-day -day things. And so by me making it very visual, putting it on this calendar where I see it every day, it's an action that I take to put my initials up there. I have maintained being able to go to the gym four or five days a week very consistently, much easier than I have ever been able to do it in the past. So that is one thing that I'm going to continue to do going into 2020. My husband uses the calendar too. He puts his initials up there. We try to see like who gets more workouts in every month. It's a bit of a challenge. We tease each other and egg each other on a little bit. It's a fun bit of competition. Not that anyone actually wins anything, but again, it's just our way of making it fun, staying very aware and intentional about getting our workouts in. And it has helped us both tremendously in the prior year. So we will be continuing that going into 2020. 20. So again, for you, if you're thinking about any health and fitness goals, what have you done in the past that has worked? Or if it hasn't worked, what can you do this year that might make it different? Um, another thing that I've done that really helps is that Kelsa and I, and a couple of other friends are in a Marco Polo group where we video chat each other and we use it for our fitness accountability. So we try to log in there after we've completed a workout, we give updates. If we're struggling with our nutrition or we can't feel, we're not feeling motivated, we'll you know share that inside of that Marco Polo group and the others can help to encourage us. When I see other people posting their videos that they got their workout done, then it makes me feel more engaged or reminds me that yes, I need to get my butt to the gym and get that workout in. So those sorts of things can be very helpful. Anything that makes it more in your face, I believe helps us to stay more accountable to it, to hold ourselves to that. And so this can work with your health. Also, it works great with your finances, which is one of the things that I help clients with when we're doing our one-on-one -on -one coaching. And we begin to use a very visual way of tracking our finances so that it is something that you're more aware of. It's more in your face, if you will. So it feels much more tangible, much more real, easier to hold yourself to it. Okay. The second thing that I personally evaluated was my relationships and specifically my relationship with my husband, because that is, you know, the number one, probably most important relationship that requires continued effort, right? We've been married for 12 years in just a couple of months. We'll be hit our 12 years together for 14. And, you know, I don't think our marriage has ever been horribly challenging, although 2014 was a really rough year and there was some question there about <laughs> if we were going to survive things, that was a really hard year. But overall, our marriage has been pretty good. We're generally pretty solid with our communication and that sort of thing, but there are ebbs and flows to a marriage where sometimes you feel super connected and extremely passionate and excited and other times you feel in a rut or that you're not seen or not appreciated, um, or just bored or disconnected, all of those things that happen. And we really are trying to make a very 
intentional commitment to our relationship to just help to make it even stronger. 2019, I think, was a year where we did really make some good progress in that, where we feel much more connected ending 2019 than we did beginning it, which is really exciting. It's very cool to see that happen in a marriage and to know that we can bring back that fun, we can bring back that excitement. And so one of our goals for 2020 is to continue on that. And so we really kind of looked at what are some things that we can do to help our marriage stay strong. A few of the things that I'm going to share with you that we are trying to do, and you may have any other number of things, but this is you know, a couple of ideas that we had. So one is that I really want us to make sure that we have at least one date every month that we know is going to happen. And I know for some of you, especially those that are very early in your relationship still, or don't have kids, or your kids are out of the house, you're thinking one date a month is like nothing. But for the stage that we're at, both very busy, young kids, we have a lot of family activities. And so we don't have a lot of one-on-one -on -one time, just the two of us, where we have a date. We might go out with friends sometimes and things like that, but it's rare that the two of us take a date together. And to know that we're going to have one every single month is exciting to me. Like it feels really good to know that at least once a month, we're always going to have a day to look forward to, to know that we're going to spend quality time together. We um, set a budget of $50 for that date. So again, it's kind of fun to challenge ourselves to see what we can do, what we can find, what different activities are out there for $50 or less every single date um, so that we never feel bad about it either, that we know that we're going to go out, we're going to find something to do, and we're not going to blow the budget, um, which feels great to me. I, and along with that, I have asked my husband if he would be the one to plan this. I... I'm not going to take full credit for this. I'm totally stealing this from Kelsa. I don't know if she shared this on another podcast, but her and Michael have done this for a few years now, I think. And Michael is the one tasked with setting up the dates, finding the things for them to do. And I love that. I, I told Matt, I feel like I oftentimes make so many decisions and I have so many things on my plate that when it comes time to think about doing a date, I am not inspired. <laughs> I'm not excited by it. I have decision overwhelm or decision fatigue where I don't want to start thinking about what else we can do. And I know that making sure we have those dates is something that actually is really important to Matt. And so to me also, but quality time is his number one love language. It is not mine. Um, so for him, I know that it's even more important to make sure that we have that. And so giving him the ability to make those decisions, he has very clear guidelines now of once a month, this is something he's expected to do. He has $50 to be creative with and see what he can find for us to mix things up and to keep it fun. And I have made a promise to him that I will not complain about any of the things that he does, that we will always, you know, enjoy and have gratitude for the fact that we get to be out together. And um, Kelsa shared that with me too. So I'm not taking credit for that, but I love that um, very 
intentional commitment to the relationship. And so that is something that we are also adopting this year, which I think is going to be really, really great. One of the other things, and you guys, this is probably TMI. And so put on your earmuffs. I'm about to get personal. Um, I, I think this is something that I had read from one of Rachel Hollis's books. So any of you that are fans of Rachel Hollis and that you've already read her books, I know that it was from her. I cannot remember if it was in Girl Stop Apologizing or if I listened to this on her podcast or sometime that I saw her speaking. Um, but she shared about the intimacy factor in her relationship. And let's be real. It happens. There's ebbs and flows. Certainly when you are 14 years into a relationship, intimacy is not like it was when you were 14 weeks or months or, you know, whatever into a relationship, things change. Life is very different. There's so many distractions, so many more responsibilities. You bring kids into the picture and dear Lord, um, there are years where you just like, don't even want to be touched. Because uh, you have babies hanging on you, at least for women, I find. And Rachel had shared that she and her husband made a commitment to have 30 days of intimacy. So they were committing that whether they wanted to or not, whether they were too tired, too busy, that they were going to do 30 days straight of being very committed to making this happen, and that it was miraculous for their relationship. It totally changed everything that it made them much more excited about having that intimacy, being together, that they craved it more, that they were just much more into one another because they made that challenge. And so that is something that we have also talked about recently that we've started, um, started our journey towards that and that we are very committed in the year of 2020 to bringing more intimacy back into our relationship because we don't want to feel disconnected. We don't want to see what happens to a marriage that doesn't have that level of connection. And so that is another thing that's really important for us going into the new year. Okay. So we've talked about health. We've talked about relationships. They, these might be other relationships besides with your spouse. But for me, that was the really important one. Um, family is the third area that we looked at is what are we going to do as a family to strengthen our bonds, to, you know, be very intentional with one another. We love having family time, but sometimes it does not happen as intentionally as we wanted, right? Like when the school year is going and you're super busy and there's so many activities that is just real life. But a few of the things that we want to do going into 2020, we have two young boys, they're eight and 10 years old, and they are at that perfect age where they love to have game night or family movie night. They love spending time with us. And so I have added onto our calendar for all of 2020, once a month, my youngest gets to make the choice of what it is that he wants our family to do together. If we're doing a game night, a movie night, he will get to make that choice. It's his night. And also one Friday every month, my oldest will get to have his night. So I've put it on the calendar as alternating one week on, one week off, one week on, one week off, and each boy gets one night a month. I've done that knowing that by having those off weeks, we actually are giving ourselves some flexibility that if the calendar doesn't work the week that we have them on it, we can always push it to the next week if need be, because there might be 
activities that we don't know yet or parties going on or things that we're involved in that I don't have on the calendar yet for 2020. So I didn't make the commitment that they were going to have the opportunity every single week to do something because I don't want to set us up for failure. I want to build something in that feels very realistic and very possible for us to be able to maintain and create that consistency and something for them to look forward to every single month. One of the other things that we've talked to them about is that one night a week, each of them gets to choose what they want for dinner. So at the beginning of the week, they're going to choose what it is that they want on the menu and then they will help to prepare that meal. So again, just something really fun for them to feel heard and seen and like their wants and needs are being met and that they get to contribute to the family. My youngest loves to cook and my oldest wants to learn a little bit. He knows how to make toast so far, so <laughs> we've got some ways to go. But this is something that we can do intentionally as a family to give them more skills, to allow them to be seen and heard, to create more connection, to have time spent together. And so one night a week, they will each choose something that they want to have on the menu and they're going to help to prepare it. And I love that idea going into the new year to just help strengthen our connection. Thing number four on my list, there is no rhyme or reason to the order of things that I wrote down here. So just so you know, number four is the financial aspect of your life, which probably should have been number one, but I feel like this also comes into every other area anyway. So looking at our finances, obviously as a financial coach, this is an extremely important area for me. It's something that I've spent, you know, a large part of the last month, even of 2019, just setting goals for the new year and evaluating our progress over the prior year. And so going into the new year is always a time to be very aware of where you're at right now, set those goals and milestones along the way of where you want to be. I have recalculated our net worth. I've set a goal for where we want it at the end of the year. I've even set a milestone of what number I want our net worth to hit by my next birthday, which is in May. And that'll be a really fun milestone for us. So I'm looking forward to that. Um, we have made a commitment of adding at least 5,000 more to investments than what we did in 2019. So again, we want to really always be pushing ourselves to improve what we're doing financially, to make ourselves stronger year after year after year. And so that is one of the things that we have committed to for 2020. We review the different areas of our lives that take, you know, a, a good portion of our finances and reevaluate how much money is going to them if we have the right amount allocated to these different categories of life or how we might want to change it in 2020. So for example, we've talked about our travel fund, right? Travel and vacation. That's a big area for us in 2019. We took seven, nine. I don't know. We traveled a lot, <laughs> traveled a lot in 2019 and we have you know, consciously evaluated that and said, I think it was too much. We had too much travel, too much out of the house. It was too chaotic. We are going into 2020 knowing that we do not want that aspect of the year recreated. When you haven't traveled a lot, this idea of constantly being on the road and seeing new places and getting to travel seems very exciting. Now we had that year under our belt and we did, we liked it, but it was a lot. It was just too much. So we are making a very 
firm commitment to how much we are willing to commit to when it comes to travel. We have already booked two of the three trips that we have planned for this year. One of them is a very short weekend. We're going in, in a week or so to go up north to play in the snow with the kids because they love that. It's a great novelty when you live in Phoenix to go see snow. So we're going to be doing that and we've got that booked and paid for. So that's done deal. We booked our favorite place on the beach at Newport Beach, California for this summer. We did the same trip in 2019 and we loved it. It was our favorite trip of the year. It was so wonderful to relax and unplug. And it's such a family friendly environment that we likely will do this every summer. And so that one is already booked as well. We know that that's on the agenda and we're really looking forward to unplugging for that week in the summer. And then we're planning to see family in the fall. So again, we were being very intentional with what we're doing and we've planned financially for how much we need to save along the way so that we have the appropriate funds for all of those different trips. So that was one thing that we looked at. We also talked about home renovations, home repairs that we need to do this year. We've been in our house for over a decade. There's definitely some renovations that need to happen. So we've discussed what those will look like. We've put a budget in place. We've set a timeline for when we would like those things to happen. So again, these are just things that are important, I think, to have conversations around going into a new year to start to have that forethought of looking ahead at what you want to create for the year so that when the year is over, you can look back and feel so proud of the things that you were able to accomplish along the way. Number five on the list is career. So we've talked about health, relationships, family, number five, um, finances, and number five is career. And again, this is looking at what we want to accomplish within our careers. My husband just began teaching, but he still has to take his boards. So finishing that is on his list, being more intentional with his lesson plans, be getting more engagement from his students, increasing his skill as a teacher by doing more ongoing training are all things that he has talked about wanting to do for myself. Obviously I want to continue to grow the business. We've got some really big goals within the business that Kelsey and I have already discussed. We want to grow our visibility. We want to make a bigger impact, help more people in 2020. We have some very specific numbers around that and some game plans in place for how that will be accomplished. If you love the podcast, by the way, please share it with others. That's one way for us to continue to make a bigger impact. So just a little side note there, we would love you to share the podcast with your friends or family that could also help um, or benefit from the podcast. Um, I also want to do at least one sort of training that's just for myself to help me with business or with my coaching skills. I'm beginning to research that now. So again, anytime these decisions come into play, I know that one is research. I need to figure out what it is specifically that I want to do. I need to identify what the cost is of that and how I can budget for that particular expense. Cause I know if I'm doing a a training, a course, a coaching of my own that I'm going to need to have some money set aside for that so that I want to plan now at the beginning of the year, because if it takes six months to be able to dive into that program, I want to be ready to do it before the year is out and have that under my belt. Um, I know that I will be doing some coaching with our business coach that we've got some personal development things already booked and scheduled for the year of 2020, which feels 
really good to me. I love knowing that I have things that are going to push me, allow me to continue to grow, allow me to continue to develop the business and my skills as a coach. Um, and that is something that I try to be very intentional with each and every year. And so those of you that are looking at your career, what is it that can push you this year? Is there something that you can develop a new skill in? Do you need to change careers? Maybe you need to work with a business coach or something like that to look for new possibilities. A life coach might help you to identify what's really important to you or what's holding you back. That's what Matt did in January of 2019. He started working with a life coach and did that for a number of months to help him identify that he needed to make a change in his career and what should that change be and to ultimately lead to him pursuing teaching. Um, so those are some of the things that we looked at and that you may want to consider going into the new year. Again, look at the things that scare you, that excite you, but scare you a bit, that feel a little bit uncertain, that might push you out of your comfort zone. I find, especially in career, we can really shy away from this. And if we are unsatisfied with what we're doing, unfortunately, that's exactly what we have to do is we have to walk into that fear, obviously with some, you know, strategy with a backup plan, knowing that it's going to be okay, regardless of what the outcome is. But with that expectation that it's okay, if it doesn't work out, right? It is okay. If everything doesn't go perfectly, or if the new thing you're pursuing is not the answer, all of that is all right. But moving forward, chasing your dream, pushing yourself out of your comfort zone, expanding your boundaries and your knowledge and your skill set. All of those things are going to make you feel so much more accomplished and so much more fulfilled in the year ahead. So it is very worth looking at that and seeing what you can do to challenge yourself in that area of life. The final one that we looked at ourselves was the area of leisure or entertainment in our life. How are we going to recharge and unplug? What fun do we want to have in the year ahead? Because it's not all serious, right? Life is meant to be enjoyed along the way. And we wanted to know that we were being very intentional with that also. So part of that again was looking at our travel and what things we wanted to do to be fulfilled and the fun that we wanted to have, which related to our relationship and date nights and family time. Um, so all of those things really came into play. And I think those are the big areas that we focused on that we looked at that we want to have some intentionality with. It certainly is not all encompassing because we're still kind of finalizing our plans for the year and reflecting on things and thinking through it. And I really believe this time of year is so important to do that. But those were just some areas that I wanted to suggest to you so that you might look at them yourselves and see how you can be intentional going into 2020. So to quickly recap what those six areas were, we looked at health and fitness, relationships, family, finance, career, and leisure or entertainment or the fun side of life. So those were some of the ones that we have put in place personally to make sure that 2020 is our best year yet. And I really hope that 2020 is your best year yet. If something is holding you back and if it just so happens to be your financial life and you are ready to 
do something that pushes you out of your comfort zone that expands your boundaries that changes things for you i know that it is scary but i also know that asking for help or doing something different can be the thing that changes everything and so if that is you and you're looking for some help with your financial part of your life this year please please reach out to us at fiscal fitness we can set up a complimentary q a call we can hop on the phone for 15 or 20 minutes and just hear a little bit about what your main goals and challenges are and see if it's a good fit for us to be able to help you hop into the facebook group you guys the fiscal fitness facebook group is where a lot of action is going to be happening with all of the mini courses coming this year it's another community to support you and uplift you and be there alongside you while you are tackling your financial life and lastly share the podcast please please share the podcast with your family your friends leave us a review it just helps for others to know that it's worth listening to we appreciate that so much every time that we see someone share it it really means so much to know that our message is making a difference i appreciate all of you i thank you so much my heart is so filled with gratitude for the entire community that has been here along the way and that is going to be here through the coming year or years on this financial journey together. All right, talk to you guys next time. Bye-bye.